0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. As always, Primetime brought to you by our friends over at freemanhundai.com, We will talk more about them and the right of the week in a few moments here in the show. And as always reminding you to check out adcsports.com slash Dallas for more Cowboys content and more Mavericks content. Now, as you can see in the front page, there's an article up there that's called Cowboys unlikely to sign all pro free agent linebacker. We will not dive into it a lot on tonight's show. But someone said, let me try to find uh, the the comment. Here it is. It's from Bruce. He says, why aren't all the broke teams respecting the cap? And I tweeted this out earlier because this is how it showed up on my Twitter timeline. Uh, Just back-to-back tweets. One from ESPN's uh, Todd Arker Trying to explain that looks are deceiving that although the Cowboys have 22 million in cap space, you know, you still have to account for roster bonuses, practice squad, injury settlements, all of that. And then just about at the same time, Ian Rappaport reporting that Bobby Wagner was visiting the LA Rams, the team that really doesn't stop because of the salary cap. So just a bit of poetry. There. It seems like Bobby Wagner could be headed toward the Rams. And just to be clear, this is not hate on Todd Arker because he's a great reporter, but it really just paints a picture as to how differently the Cowboys and the Rams approach their team building process. But not going to lie, though, I'm kind of glad that it seems like we're close to the end of the, you know, the Bobby Wagner conversation because I was never an optimist on that front and it seems like now he's headed to the LA Rams. Although it's definitely not official, the reports are not even indicating that they're close to finalizing a deal, but he's visiting them and the report is that there is mutual interest. So let's, let's you know monitor that situation. I don't think Wagner is going to end up with the Dallas Cowboys. What is up, Joey Bella over at Facebook? Jack Dexter. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. As always, that guy says the only thing Dallas is targeting at this point is Steve McGriddle for Jerry. But there was an in house resign, and we are used to those. I think the Cowboys are at 13 free agents, in house free agents, that they are bringing back from this year's class. This time, it is Carlos Watkins, defensive tackle. We talked about him a few nights ago, and now it's official one-year deal for Carlos Watkins. The question for you guys in the chat is, is bringing Carlos Watkins back a big deal, small deal, or no deal? Let me know your comments. Uh, Let me know what you think about this move by the Cowboys. And while you do so, and before I give you my answer, let me talk to you about our friends over at freemanhondai.com because the ride of the week is the 2022 hyundai kona which has a 30 35 miles per gallon capacity backup camera it's got game changing apple carplay and android auto and it comes in at an affordable price starting at just twenty-three thousand nine hundred and ninety dollars check out the freemanhondai.com it is legit. You can check out this 360 degree of every vehicle there. It's a family owned business, so great customer service. Check out freemanhyundai.com, the ride of the week, the 2022 Kona. So let's see what you guys think about bringing back Carlos Watkins. Jack says small deal. Joy Bella says big deal, says big deal. Uh, Burner account, however, says no deal at all. Why do they not ever want to get better at one tech? Small says toxic, uh, but good deal. No deal for Gregory. Peteriso says big deal. Charlene Evans is small. Samuel Rowe, I like the answer, says value deal. T Sila with the small deal answer. Here's mine. Here's my takeaway from this resign by the Dallas Cowboys. I will say, big deal. Now hear me out because I'm not saying that Carlos Watkins will change the position or anything like that. But small deal to me would feel like underestimating what Carlos Watkins did for the Cowboys in 2021. I think that your ideal situation is for Carlos Watkins to not be starting for the Cowboys in 2021. But he did a good job filling in at the one tech spot in Dan Quinn's defensive line. Now, not a lot of one techs in the Dallas Cowboys roster. So this feels like a bigger deal than many would expect it to be. I would rather have another defensive tackle and we will talk about one possibility in a few moments here. But I think bringing back Carlos Watkins provides much needed depth for the Dallas Cowboys. Hopefully though, that's what, that's what it provides, depth, and not your 2022 starter because the Cowboys could definitely get better at the position. Carlos Watkins comes back. He played about 40% of the team's defensive snaps last year, so might be one of those players that we are underestimating. And he did play okay football over at One Tech even though he's not your prototypical One Tech Nick. The Cowboys can still get better. Maybe they target defensive tackles in the NFL draft. But for now, at least you have more depth than you did yesterday. And in 2021, Watkins signed a $1.75 million deal, if I'm not mistaken. It was under $2 million. Uh, I'm guessing once the numbers are made available to us, the number will be very similar. So it's a chip rotation rotation uh player for the dallas cowboys but i think it's more important than just your usual uh, rotation players let's see burner account says mo notice how hill was traded versus amari cooper traded burner account thank you for your comment and your donation we will talk more about the tyreek Hill trade that was insane and and, and you look at the compensations for tyreek Hill. you look at the compensations for Devante adams and I'm not comparing Amari Cooper to Devante Adams, for example. I'm, I'm really not. I think that he's way better than Coop. But I don't know if he's better enough to justify what the Cowboys got back for Amari Cooper. Because keep in mind that those teams that traded for Devante Adams and the Dolphins, now that they have traded for Tyreek Hill, they still need to get a deal done for these receivers. Uh, instead amari cooper had a very favorable contract that could be restructured right away i think that a lot of people kind of was misled because of the cap number for amari cooper but i think that was actually a very friendly contract for any team that wanted to trade for Amari cooper in the sense that they could just restructure the deal and get on with it instead of having to strike a new deal over the 25 million mark per year or the 24 million mark per year which is what top wide receivers are going for in the current market uh I'm not sure if the Tyreek Hill contract has been already reported I think not but I think that would be more or less the expectation happy for the Dolphins though and we'll talk more about it about it when we get to the wild trades segment but I'm excited to watch what the Dolphins are all about in 2022, they are loading up, and the pressure is going to be on for two to go by law. But back back to the Cowboys' defensive line, uh, there you go. Kevin Knight says, Watkins played well when Gallimore was hurt. I agree with it. Listen, he was a one-tech for the Cowboys, and he was starting, basically. Uh, Steven White says, I'm going to get us a D-line and a guard, says Steven White. That is the plan. Joey Bell says, I'd rather have an offensive tackle. Uh, Tommy915 says, Mauricio, Randy said we're toxic. So for now, I'm toxic, Tommy915. You know, I went on a small rant about this on Twitter, at NFL. That's M-A-U-N-F-L. Man, I kind of hate that. Some people in Cowboys Nation, and I know Tommy is joking there, uh, but I know that some people in Cowboys Nation were really offended about Randy Gregory calling some fans toxic. But I think that it was all very misunderstood. He was not calling Cowboys Nation as a whole a toxic toxic fan base. But just look at his replies, look at his mentions. There are some very toxic fans out there uh, just calling him every possible name, saying that it's BS what he did to the Cowboys, saying that he owes the Cowboys and all of that. And, you know, you go through some of his mentions and you understand where Randy was coming from. Uh, But as Tommy915 says, just run with it. All right, let's see. Joe says, I don't understand. We had so many problems in offensive line and and we haven't addressed it yet. Says Joe, not only that, Joe, but they intentionally downgraded over at right tackle. Uh, And I think my theory for the Cowboys not getting a deal done with another offensive guard to fill in for Connor Williams, because even though the Cowboys could easily upgrade over Connor Williams, you still need to do it though. (laughs) And I don't think that McGovern is an upgrade, but maybe the theory is that they are very likely to pick an offensive lineman, with the 24th overall pick. My bet would be that they're going to end up with Kenyon Green or Sion Johnson. Uh, but yeah, I'm nervous. I'm nervous about it too. I'm nervous about the offensive line because you never know how the draft can take out. And that means what if there is a clear prospect that's better than the offensive lineman fall to you at pick number 24. And then what do you do? What do you do about your, vacancy over at left guard and I'm also nervous because hey they could very well be off the board by the time the Cowboys are on the clock anyways uh Francisco what is up he says he was just dealt for whatever since Jones faulted Amari Cooper for playoff loss is what I think so what do you guys think about that I truthfully and I'm disappointed by the fact that Amari Cooper is not in Dallas anymore I've complained about it a lot here on primetime. I am very disappointed. I will say this though. Uh, I think it's all salary cap related, even though we don't agree with the Cowboys uh, cap approach. I don't think this is about a relationship that was maybe broken, uh, which is what that would mean if, if Francisco was uh, onto something here with the Jones faulting Amari Cooper for the playoff loss. And I remember the quote, so I understand what Francisco is talking about. And I, uh, I can see the, the merit in it. But I will say that to me, that could have been fixed if they wanted to fix it. Uh, so I, I, I think it was all about money when it comes to Amari Cooper. We would have loved to see them stick with him, though. But hey, that's just the way it goes. Uh, Ryan Doyle says, I don't have much confidence in steel at right tackle. I'm nervous about it. Uh, iceberg slim with sort of what would be a, a dream scenario. I would like this Kenyon Green at, at one, Sky Moore at two. You could stop there and I would be all in for that, uh, draft for the Cowboys. And then he goes on Ingram at three, Jojo Doman at four. That would be a good, good draft. Uh, Kevin Knight though goes Olabi at 24. Anyways, let's talk about the one free agent that I believe the Cowboys could still sign though, and it's defensive help. And I'm talking about Akeem Hicks, and some people are already bringing him up in the comments. I think Akeem Hicks, defensive tackle, Chicago Bears, current free agent, could be a very plausible target for the Dallas Cowboys. You know how we're pessimists? When we talk about free agents, about the Cowboys, since they have only signed two external options, uh, that's James Washington, wide receiver, and that is also, uh, who was the other one? <laughs> Why did I just forget the other free agent? What is going on right now? Brain fart right now here on Primetime. Time. Uh, it was James Washington, and who was the other? <laughs> I completely, I'm completely blanking him. If anyone can help me out with the name. Oh, no, James Washington. I cannot believe I'm blanking this way. The other, uh, Dante Fowler, Edge Rusher. Thank you, guys. (laughs) That was bad. That was bad, of course. uh, Dante Fowler, Edge Rusher, completely blanked there for a moment. That happens sometimes when you're uh, in front of the camera and the mic. But that's why we have the chat. Shout out to the chat. Uh, leave a like button for everyone who supported this. Anyways, uh, Akim Hicks is a plausible option. And Chillkepedia from The Athletic had an article trying to find a free agency fit for every NFL team. And he actually singled out Akim Hicks for the Cowboys. Now, this was published maybe before the Carlos Watkins Contract was reported on, and I. The question for you guys in the chat is: Does re-signing Watkins rule out a free agent signing like Akim Hicks? Now, do you guys know this? Uh, Akim Hicks, 32 years old, will turn 33 when November comes around. He's likely to leave the Bears. Uh, of course, he's a free agent right now. He's unlikely to be re-signed by Chicago, mainly because. Matt Everflus is their new head coach. They're switching from a three-four defensive scheme to a four-three scheme. He has played 3 tech before. That's important to note. Akeem Hicks, his ideal role is a one technique. Uh, he could play 3 technique. Spotrack has his market value projected at five-seven million dollars on a one-year deal. He could be inexpensive thanks to the fact that he has missed 20 games over the past three seasons. And I know that doesn't sound ideal, but that also sounds like a potential bargain player for the Cowboys front office. And we know that they like those. And I'm not going to lie, if the Cowboys can sign Hicks, I think that would be a major win for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, some of your answers on the question on does re-signing Watkins rule out Hicks? Iceberg Slim says no. Dallas Young says, don't get my hopes up for Hicks. But I don't know if that's a statement or a petition. Like, hey, please do not give me hope. I don't know if that is what Dallas Young means. Lunatic says yes for Stephen Jones. And the rest of the chat kind of agrees that it doesn't impact a potential signing of a Kim Hicks. You know, I think that's a good I think that would be a good fit for the Cowboys. I think Hicks will not be expensive. He's 32 years old. And I, and here's the thing. I think that the Cowboys could use him. The Cowboys right now, this is what the defensive tackle room looks like for the Cowboys. You've got Neville Gallimore. You've got Oza, Carlos Watkins, Tristan Hill, and Quinton Bohana. That's basically what a defensive tackle room looks like right now for the Cowboys. So you're at five there. A Kim Hicks can still be a productive defensive tackle. I think he could really provide the Cowboys with some value at the defensive line. And we know that even though the Cowboys defense was very efficient in 2021, there is still a lot of room for improvement particularly versus the run. And I think Hicks could provide a lot of value there. So I will say this, I will say this, this one is one that I would believe. Like if there's a report out there saying that the Cowboys are interested in a QM Hicks, I would believe that one as a very possible addition by the Cowboys front office. He would make a good rotation piece as Michael says in the chat, over at YouTube, He would not be expensive. The Cowboys have the salary cap space. Uh, we know that uh, they, have, they have been clear about their goal to open up cap space. Hicks over heels, says Kevin Knight. What kind of money for this guy though, says Francisco. Gotta be a bargain or Jerry Jones won't sign him. I think you could get a Kim Hicks for close to $5 million on a one-year deal maybe. If there is a team out there that is willing to provide him with a long-term deal and by long term i mean two to three year deal which would be long term for a player of his age maybe that rules out the cowboys but if he is willing to sign on a one-year deal maybe with guaranteed money big difference maker this feels like a plausible addition by the cowboys i do not think that carlos watkins rules out the possibility of bringing in uh, Hicks mainly because I look at, at Watkins as a rotational player I don't know who the starters will be for the Cowboys yet over at defensive tackle I'm betting Neville Gallimore is one of them but who's starting at one technique right now right now you might guess that Gallimore Osa and Watkins will be involved in some sort of rotation we know that even though we like to label each of these guys as a one-tech or a three-tech, we know that Dan Queen played around with it a lot last season. I don't think that would change at all in 2022. But if you can throw Hicks in there and have this rotation consist of disruptive players playing and play out, that could work. Uh, Proxy says, Devontae Wyatt, a cowboy, I would like him for the Cowboys. And I think he could feel that one technique role as well. Uh, Tommy915 says, Tommy is the only one tech we have in reality. Maybe uh, meaning that Watkins could be a three technique. Maybe that's what Tommy means with that comment. Burner account says, Mo, what grade do you think Stephen Jones would give himself for this off season? Well, that depends. That depends. If if they can get some of these uh, free agent cowboys back, I'm guessing Stephen Jones would feel pretty good about himself, even though uh, the fan base wouldn't. Ryan Doyle says trade a fifth round pick for Chris Jones. See if the Chiefs will fall for it. Us Cowboys fell for it with Amari. Dallas Junk says so many nice, so nice. Excuse me. Do not have any questions about our secondary build it from the back to front kind of like the Patriots did for a while hey this could be we could have a full topic a full show about this topic a lot of people have been liking you know the theory that says that coverage is more important than pass rush even though conventional wisdom would tell football guys otherwise but yeah he uh, Dallas Young is onto something there. The Cowboys might be building their defensive backfield first, and then their defensive front. But if that is the case, are we really super comfortable with how the Cowboys' defensive backfield is built? Because I will tell you, maybe I'm not. Uh, I have my doubts about it because you have uh, Trevon Diggs, Anthony Brown. Jordan Lewis, and and we know that they were a very efficient unit last year, but are we super confident that they will be consistent enough from one season to another season? That would be my main question. I would love the Cowboys adding another cornerback in the first few rounds of the NFL draft. I know it comes down to best player available, but what I mean is I would love it if one of those best players available is a cornerback. Because you never can have enough of those guys. I don't know that we know who the starting outside cornerbacks will be. I still think Kelvin Joseph can fight Anthony Brown for that spot. And I think Joseph can really earn that starting role with the Cowboys. So I'm excited about the defensive backfield. But what I'm trying to say is just... I'm not super confident on the Cowboys remaining a top five defense in 2022. And let me be clear, this is also not because I'm doubting uh, Dan Quinn or the players themselves, just because we have seen that defensive efficiency year over year is more difficult to sustain than offensive efficiency. And that is is why a lot of analysts, uh, especially on the analytics side of things, have tried to argue that You should prioritize building an offense over building a defense because that's what's yielded the best results in the NFL in the last few years. That's a topic that I want to, you know, approach on a full episode of Primetime with examples, numbers, all of that. And we will do so soon enough, maybe next week on the show. We'll see. But a good point from Dallas Young on the Cowboys building from the deep defensive backfield all the way up to the front. Let's see some of your comments here. Uh, Lewis didn't play great last night. Uh, last year since Kevin Knight. Nelroy Jetson also pointing out, be on the lookout for Nishan Wright. I'm glad that Dan Quinn stayed in Dallas because if Dan Quinn was not around, Wright was going to be on a tough spot, right? Because... The only reason why we were excited about Wright was because it was a Dan Quinn pick. And if Quinn had gone elsewhere, it would have been an interesting story storyline to follow. But yeah, uh, he will be a player to watch. So yeah, Kim Hicks is a player that I would hope the Cowboys target in free agency. One of the best options available at this point. I think you can get him for a relatively cheap deal and the Cowboys would have a massive upgrade at defensive line. If not a full-time starter, maybe you can get uh, get him to play 40% of the snaps maybe on your defensive line and have a very strong rotation over at defensive tackle with the upside of maybe drafting another defensive tackle in April. But for now, why not get a Kim Hicks and, just beef up that rotation, right? Let's see. Uh, Gilbert over at Facebook says number thirty the pass interference man. <laughs> uh, Chucky says Thoughts on maybe getting High Tower at linebacker. Had not really thought about this possibility. Uh, would surprise me. Don't know what the rate will be for for High Tower. Would it be an upgrade, definitely, at linebacker? And I think linebacker might be one of the most underrated team needs in the Cowboys, even after resigning Leighton Vanderich. Because, yeah, we can sit here and be excited about Jabril Cox uh, coming back healthy in 2022, but he's coming off. He's a rookie. He's a player that we have not seen in the regular season yet, and he's coming off from an ACL injury. So also a huge question mark at one of the most important positions for the Cowboys. Would love to see Hightower. I don't know if I would, be, if I would feel optimistic about it happening, though. Anyways, hit the like button. As JC is reminding you over at the YouTube chat, do me a favor, hit the like button. Every like allows us to put this show in front of more Cowboys fans to continue to grow the community. But yeah, I would like Hightower, and I would say this, very versatile player, they can do a lot of stuff with him on defense and I would love it if they kind of look at what specifically Belichick has done with Hightower because that's always been a fun pair to watch primetime says hi please shout out I subbed shout out to primetime uh thank you for subbing to the channel and hey great name the name of the show actually ADC sports uh Dallas primetime anyways moving on Moving on, let's talk about the rest of the NFL for a moment here. I, I, this is a Cowboys show. We talk primarily about the Cowboys, but it would be a disservice to you guys as football fans to not acknowledge, at least for a moment, that this has been one of the wildest NFL off-seasons that we have seen recently. You have Tyreek Hill going to the Dolphins today. You have Devonta Adams going to the Las Vegas Raiders. And then you have chaos going on at the quarterback position. Deshaun Watson will be starting for the Cleveland Browns. We don't know what will happen with Baker Mayfield. We do know Russell Wilson will play with the Seattle Seahawks. Matt Ryan going to Indianapolis. It's just a crazy NFL offseason that's given us a lot of storylines to follow in the NFL. And now that we have seen plenty of moves and now that, you know, if history tells us anything, things might calm down for a while, even after uh, today's Tyreek Hill trade. The question for you guys is, which NFL trade slash signing has surprised you the most? In this wild, wild off season. Meanwhile, well, you give me your answers. Uh, what do you think about Tyreek's prime time over at the YouTube chat? I I love the move. I was surprised by the Chiefs getting rid of him. I think it's a win-win situation. I don't like the Chiefs getting rid of Tyreek Hill, but that's the trust that they have in Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. I think that some fans. Have exposed themselves after this Tyreek Hill break. I don't know if the compensation was, you know, overpaying for Tyreek Hill or underpaying. I really don't know what to make out of that. But trust me, I have seen some NFL fans out there on social media describing Tyreek Hill as a one trick pony. And I will tell you something that is dumb. I know he's a speedster. I know he can be such a fun vertical threat in the Chiefs offense. But if you're looking at Tyreek Hill and you're labeling him as a one-trick pony, let me tell you, you're wrong. That's a complete wide receiver you're looking at there. He can do a lot of damage in a lot of different ways, not only as a vertical threat. He can break ankles. Uh, his acceleration allows him to do some cool stuff underneath in drag routes and all of that. He's done tremendous, tremendous uh, things with the Chiefs, and I I'm excited about the Dolphins. Ryan Doyle says I gotta say the Miami Dolphins offensive weapons are on the elite level. See, they have Jalen Waddle, they have uh, now they have Tyreek Hill, they added Connor Williams. And I know what we think about Connor Williams, but it's a, it's an upgrade for them at the offensive line. They signed tackle Tyrone Armstead, left tackle uh, Cedric Wilson. They got running backs Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mustard. They tacked Mike Gesicki, the tight end. So they're really, really giving Tua uh, Tagovailoa to a lot of weapons over on that offense, and I'm excited about it. And we cannot ignore. That Mike McDaniel is their new head coach. And I know some people will kinda think about Mike McDaniel as the as someone that was under Cal Shanahan, but that would be an understatement. He was truly an architect of the 49ers running game. And and you know, there was this interesting article, and maybe I'm going, you know, down a rabbit hole with the Miami Dolphins conversation, but don't worry, we'll get out of it soon enough. Uh, But I will say that Mike McDaniel, there was this article about him in which they described his path as an NFL coach and how they described that Sean McVay, Shanahan, they all shared certain roots, but McDaniel is differentiated because he worked with offensive linemen a lot. And that is something that McVay didn't do. And that is something that Shanahan didn't do. And, you know, football is a world of knowledge. But offensive linemen, that's a whole world in and of itself. What happens in the trenches is so different to the rest of the game. And the fact that McDaniel has that perspective really differentiates him as your regular X's and nose coach. I'm, I'm excited about seeing what McDaniel will do with the Dolphins. Let's see. Let's see some of the moves that surprised you the most in the nfl uh deshaun watson says prime time dolphins are going to be good tyreek hill getting traded was the biggest surprise is t Silla hill surprised a lot of people going with tyreek hill team hall as well uh tyreek hill the majority answer so far underpaid the best pick they got was 29th overall getting Gallup for a five-year deal says joey bella will fuller I will say this, I will not go with Tyreek Hill for the move that surprised me the most in the NFL. To me, the most surprising trade was far and away the Devontae Adams one. If it had happened before before Aaron Rodgers was re-signed by Green Bay, I would not have been surprised. But I'm shocked to this moment that after he was stacked, after Rodgers signed his deal. Once that happened, I thought, yeah, Adams is definitely staying with Green Bay, even if it's for one more year. But the fact that he got traded to the Raiders, the fact that he was accepting less money with the Raiders than he was with the Packers, that to me is a major, major chalk. And the reason why it's my answer Uh, mainly because of the money side of things. Why did Devante Adams, like the, the relationship was so broken that he preferred to go with the lesser team, the lesser quarterback, and the lesser contract offer just because he wanted to get out of Green Bay. And I respect it. I'm not saying that he's wrong to do so, but that's what surprises me the most about that whole thing. I didn't imagine that Devante Adams was going to be out of the Rams after Rodgers signed his deal. McDaniel did not call the plays, Dallas. Uh I know that the question was there in the YouTube chat. Mike McDaniel did not call the plays for the 49ers. That doesn't mean he cannot be successful with it, though. So yeah, my answer, Devante Adams to the Las Vegas Raiders. Charlene Evans also with that answer in the chat. Toxic 915 says Adams was the biggest surprise. Kevin Knight says, Rodgers 153 million, Adams wasn't going to get paid. And once it was announced, I know that a lot of people were freaking out on social media saying that, all right, Rodgers is going to be pissed. But the logic told you right away that Rodgers knew this was going to happen. There's no way Aaron Rodgers had signed that deal, believing that Devante Adams was going to be there only to find out that he was not. And actually, Ian Rappaport, moments after the trade was announced, reported that Rodgers knew from day one that Devante Adams was done in Green Bay. Anyways, before we leave on this tremendous Wednesday night, do me a favor, hit the like button. Let's move on to what your one cool thing of the week. As always. Every Wednesday night, we have the one cool thing of the week in which you can share in the chat a personal thing, a professional thing, maybe something sports related, something not sports related, whatever you want over at the chat. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, what is your one cool thing of the week? Let me know yours before we get out of here on this Wednesday night. What's your one cool thing of the week? I will tell you mine this time. It's sports related. And it's the Formula One season is back. Let me tell you something. I am not a huge Formula One guy, but I sat down last Sunday morning to give it a chance to watch it. I was interested in it. wanted to check it out because one of my best friends, two of my best friends actually are huge fans of it. I was hooked. I'm not going to lie. Watching that verstappen uh, Leclerc race and, and that competition, that battle, it hooked me. I don't know anything about it yet. I'm learning. I'm subscribing to podcasts. I'm watching videos on YouTube to try to understand it better. But I was hooked with the Formula One event last Sunday and I plan on watching it closely this season. I'm excited about it. And, you know, There are a lot of changes over there in the F1 this season, the way I understand it. Some new regulations are in place to incentivize closer racing, uh, you know, a little bit of of more battles. And I'm excited about that. that. So let's see some of your one cool things. Burner account says, wait a moment. Is that a dry truth shirt? Michael, do you doubt it is a... uh, a Dwight Truth shirt. Of course it is. Assistant to the regional manager. That's what we do here on Primetime. That's the GOAT sitcom of all time. That's a GOAT. Uh, so yeah, it is a Dwight Truth shirt. I also have one. Uh, I have a small collection of two t-shirts of the office. The other one is a threat level midnight one. <laughs> Spring is here. Says Asmodeus. Toxic915 says, talk the, the Cowboys re-signed Cures. That is a cool thing. I agree with that. Ryan Doyle says, the NCAA Wrestling Championship last Saturday was unbelievable. That was very cool. I love wrestling. I didn't watch it. I need to, to catch the replay somewhere. Spring is here. Says, Asmodeus, that's his one cool thing. Is that F1 series on Netflix worth watching? Is asking uh, Dallas Junk. I made this question on Twitter to my followers. And the reply that I got is that, it is worth watching, but it's important to know that it's more that that it is made more dramatic that, than things really are, which is usually the case with this documentary series. Let's see, Lunatic says, "I can continue to say we're gonna run, hit, and talk again this season." Lunatic is exactly right. <laughs> Gary and his cheap-ass so I found some good bargain players in Dollar Tree's team Hall. Let's see. Gonna watch some March Madness. This weekend, my wife's family all went to Iowa State University. This is Barner account. Fun. I'm wondering why I'm not getting notifications Says Kenneth Fraser from you until you're almost over. That's weird. Uh, maybe try... I don't know, deactivating it and then activating it again. I really don't know, Kenneth. Hope you can uh, you can figure that out so you don't miss primetime. Being able to talk about our team even though the season is over, says Joey Bella. Last one, Gilbert Rodriguez says, Monday we had three inches of snow and one and a half inch of rain at the same time in Amarillo, Texas. <laughs> that is a one cool and weird thing too at the same time. By the way... Hope that you guys uh, are staying safe. If any one of you is on the areas affected by the tornadoes, I hope that you guys are all taking care of yourselves and remain safe. Charlie and Evan says gas was $6.89 a gallon on March 4, and now it went down a whole $2 to four eighty nine dollars a gallon. Oil prices have been crazy to follow. Uh, I love watching all of that. Like, you know, I study finance and I'm passionate about it too. Uh, It's been crazy to follow all of those news. Anyways, guys, thank you for tuning in. Shout out to that guy. I love that comment. He says, ADC is a cool thing. So click like and subscribe. Do me a favor. If you're watching the show, hit the like button, share the show. And I will see you tomorrow night with some more thoughts on the Cowboys. And we will take a look. At the improvement index of the NFL and where the Cowboys rank on said index tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. So don't miss it. Make sure you check out adc slash Dallas. And as always, prime time brought to you by our friends over at freemanhundai.com. So check them out, hit the like button, and I will see you tomorrow night. Thank you for choosing to listen to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Thank you guys.